is here too. Hi. <laughs> I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. We are freaking stoked, freaking excited to be here with the one, the only, the sexy Mr. Eric Robertson. Good evening. He is looking awesome. Ultra fine tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and this is episode 77, but who's gonna watch the kids? The great child care debate, bait, 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 bait. I could not be more excited about this episode. This is an episode that has been a year in the making in that it's something I've wanted to talk about for a really long time. I'm going to tell you why, but here is what we're going to cover in this episode. We're going to talk about... The great child care debate. Who's going to watch the kids? I'm a working mom. What am I doing? I'm neglecting the children. I'm the worst. <laughs> Nichelle, you're a working mom. Yes, I am. We have got Nichelle, better known as What the Hell, Nichelle, with us tonight. If you follow along on The Allison Show, you know that we refer to Nichelle as What the Hell, Nichelle, because she wears fantastic clothing that makes you go, what the hell are you wearing today? Children, don't say that word. And we are so excited to have her because I wanted her to weigh in and share her perspective. But as you may or may not know, The Allison Show is all about helping you create a life you love and feel as awesome as you are. And the other work I do is with Allison's Brand School, which is about helping you create and build what you feel called to build and have a fulfilling life while you do it. Because I coach in both of those things, I'm talking about feeling awesome. I'm talking to lots of people who are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or project starters. Or um, Jody Moore said this the other day, you have a jobby a job that's like a hobby. And I thought that was so good. Regardless of what you do, even if you are a full-time stay-at-home parent, the idea of childcare is huge. And I was working on my book. Thank you for noticing that I'm working on my book, everyone. You're welcome. I was working on my book and I wrote in there one of the questions I get asked the most, which when you think about, I have an, a lot of expertise. I have like a lot of information that people pay a lot of money to get from me, okay? I'm a highly paid consultant person. And what's one of the number one questions people want to ask me about, Eric? Um, obviously about childcare. <laughs> I just, I didn't feel like you were paying attention. I totally was, but it's just so set up. So that, I, feel, I feel like that was a church answer. Like, I don't care. You, I, that was a test to see if you were paying attention. And I was. It is about childcare. And when I think about it, I can kind of get, and I'm, I'm never annoyed when someone asks me, but at the same time, I can be annoyed that like, what, what else do we have to talk about? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, why are we always going back to this? And I, I know why. I know why. But Nichelle, you were saying you're part of an online women's group and Yeah, I th I think that's the number one topic in there for sure. And they try to the moderators try to like channel the discussion elsewhere, but women, it's it's just women because it's a women's group. Their number one comment or concern in there is always about childcare. It's just a it's never it's never ending. Never 
ending. And so we've talked a little bit about this, but I wanted to get into it. And this was inspired. I want to um, give props. Again, like I said, this is an episode I've wanted to do for a really long time. But Ashley Christensen, Ash May Christensen, Birds of Ash May on Instagram, we're going to link to her. She put up the other day in her stories that she was really frustrated because her preschool was closed and it meant she had to miss her work day. Well, she, it caught her by surprise. Yeah. I read it. She was, she got up ready to take her to school. And then her husband said, oh yeah, it's like spring break. We have the kid all week. And she was, she's like, I get it. Like all the things, but I'm mad. And the reason why she was mad and, and rightfully so is Carl, her husband went to work and she was going to miss work. That's usually how it works. I'm not saying that's always how it works. Nichelle and I have different cases, actually. And in the past, that's how it worked for me. It's not how it works for me now. And Ashley said, you know, some people were really mad and upset at her for whatever. You know, people are always, you're always mad and upset people, just so you know. And people, some people were mad. And she said, but the most overwhelming response, and this is what made me really want to say no more waiting on this, do the episode now. The most overwhelming response was people reaching out to her saying, I feel the same way and I feel so lonely and alone. I feel invisible. I feel um, unseen. I feel like my needs don't matter. And that just really struck a chord with me where I'm always mad from a logistic standpoint. I'm, I'm always mad from an achievement standpoint because I'm a very achievement-oriented person. But women very often are connection-based creatures. And so when they aren't getting that connection, instead of like, I'm like, you ruined my plan for my achievement. I'm more mad about that than I am feeling not connected. Whereas like the way that women typically can connect is by feeling seen and heard. And when their needs are not seen and heard, they feel ignored, they feel invisible, they feel isolated, they feel lonely. And so that's why I thought this was such an important conversation. So we're not just going to talk about who's going to watch the kids and the systemic problem of childcare in our culture, but we're also going to give you tactical ideas for how to get better childcare in place. The first thing I want to do is set the stage that even if you are a full-time stay-at-home parent, you need help. You need help. If you don't work, if you don't make money on the side, if your partner makes all of the other money, this idea that you are never away from your children, that you are with them all the time and it is your responsibility, it's quote-unquote your job, is like expecting to run an organization, like literally like a multi-million dollar organization without any employees. That's exactly what it's like. You're all alone in this and your mental and emotional health. Oh my gosh. I was just thinking of people, people who need people, Barbara Streisand. And I was like, people, people who want things from you people are the most exhausting people. That's children. They're the most exhausting people in the world. How are they never satisfied? Never. Ever. Today, I told the kids I would take them to So Delicious after piano. Okay, this is a nobody cares about your kids. They're like, can I get a 16 ounce? Because the kids is smaller than that. And I'm like, no, that's so much sugar. Like, no, you're getting, like, 
I'm being fun. This is the fun mom. The fun mom's screaming at the two children now, at Ginger and her friend Audrey. I'm screaming. I'm like, no, I'm being fun. Appreciate my fun. And Ginger goes, ugh, I guess I'll just get a cookie then too if I'm not going to get the 16 ounce. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You don't get it. Oh, oh." and I told her, I'm like, if you make me being fun no fun, I'm not going to be fun. Tonight after after I was hanging out with Rad, I sat, it was like 15 minutes before bed. I'm like, you guys are going to bed soon, so just have fun for the last little while i go out and i read a book on the couch rad comes and sits by me with a handful of cereal and goes this is boring <laughs> and walks away because i wasn't entertaining him and i want to point this out if you do not have children yet if you're dying to have children and you're like these people are just ungrateful for their children i see you i respect you thank you for being here but like Our entire, like, these are all of our children. Because I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. I'm going to see how many songs I can quote while we do this. But really, I want to read this quote. And this is an amazing quote. And this is from Jean Baker Miller. The question is still asked of women. How do you propose to answer the need for child care? That is an obvious attempt to structure conflict in the old terms. The questions are rather, if we as a human community want children, how does the total society proposed to provide for them. Yes. The idea is not, hey, woman, what you going to do to take care of those children? It's like, these children are all our children. And I know that I chose to have them. I get that. I chose to have them. But like, you're going to have to deal with them. And it's a community thing. And the Western culture is raise your own, do your own. It's all on you. It's your own. And so here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to outline how I got to the point of working full time and then have Eric and I talk about our structure that we have now. And then I want Nichelle to share how she has arranged childcare. And then we're going to give you some tactical ideas for how to find childcare, regardless of whether it's full time, part time, or just so you can take a trip to Target by yourself. (gasps) Can you imagine? Can you imagine how amazing that would be? My friends out there, get excited about it because we're going to tell you how to do it. And this is an amazing because we're going to be linking to all of these resources. Nichelle found this awesome clip from the Florida Gators volleyball coach, Mary Wise, who said, until your child care works, works, you're not at work because that's where your thoughts are. Oh, until your child care works, you're not at work because that's where your thoughts are. And that's why this question is asked so much. Mm -hmm. When I first started working, it was a side hustle. I was working at night. I was working during nap times. And I was working till two or three in the morning. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was getting work done. I I don't regret it because that's like what I needed to do. And Eric was the full-time provider. And what would happen every single day is we started having kids and then we added a second kid and I'm still doing all of this work, but adding on more children is I start calling Eric every day. Like what time would you say? Two, three. Might even be like, it might've been noon. Cause I remember wanting you to go lunch with, to lunch with me a lot. Well, that's just cause you love me. I love you so much. But also I would call Eric and this is no exaggeration, at least two or three times a week, like in a panic, needing him to come home. When are you coming home? And he had a, a more flexible work schedule. And so it was constantly me just This is when him. you had one kid too. Yeah, hey, fine. <laughs> <laughs> By the time Rad was born, we were both full-time. And here's what I want to say about working. Here's what I want to say about working. You don't know what you need as 
a person until you try different things. A lot of women, and I think it's because I work and I do coaching on businesses and they feel the need to say to me, oh, um, they, they feel the need to give me an excuse for why they don't work. And I'm like, if I, like, if I, what do you think? It's nobody's business why you work. It's nobody's business why you work or don't work. Yeah. Oh, but P.S. By the way, they feel like it's my business or they need to justify it to me. And they say, my mom worked or my mom was really absent or my mom was never there. And I don't want to create that experience for my children. Now, I just want to say when people say that to me, what they don't realize is I feel like they're telling me I'm a bad parent for working and that I'm never there for my children. But that's not even on them. That's on me to interpret it that way. A lot of And who cares if they meant it? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And yeah, and maybe I am a bad mom. That's fine too. We can like what I, you guys, I'm, I'm not, I'm really cool, but um, <laughs> that's fine. If you think I'm a bad mom, it doesn't affect you. It affects my three children. Um, but my mom was this really great mom who didn't work. And so when I started working more, there was kind of this guilt there for me because I wasn't doing what my mom was doing. So you can have guilt doing what your mom is doing. You can have guilt not doing what your mom did. And just because your mom worked and was always gone doesn't mean that you're going to work and always be gone. Your mom worked, right? That's a very strained area of my life. I equated that I think my mom's a bad mom. That's this is fine. She's never gonna see this. He listened to this. <laughs> We're all good. She, no she'll have. She has no idea who Allison even is. It's all fine. <laughs> it was. It was really rough and terrible. And so I equated all of my terrible experiences stemming from my mom worked. But as I like, you know, in my thirties, I think kind of realized it wasn't the working that was so terrible. I mean, this is worse. It really was that she just didn't want to be with us and use that kind of as an excuse. But for so long, I thought I will be the opposite. So good will be a good mom is the opposite of my mom. And so I therefore will never work. Thank you so much for sharing that because that's one of the reasons I love having Nichelle in my life and in the Allison show and in Allison's brand school is we pretty much have polar opposite experiences and we pretty much are hardwired polar opposite. And so it's like, just like the dynamic of Eric and I, I, I hope that whether you have an experience like Nichelle's or you have an experience like mine that you can see how to connect somewhere. I remember sitting in a car with Nichelle and I remember the conversation that we had. We've been friends for 15 years. I remember the conversation that we had where I said, Nichelle, I feel like you need to work because you like to have control over that certain part of security for yourself, right? Like, yeah, yeah and that's a lot. Of, I think that is a lot of it. I, I think I, I need that security and I don't like... I, I don't regardless, like regardless of what Nate, her husband is or isn't doing, he could be making a bajillion dollars, but you still like having the ownership. Yes. I just, I have an innate because of my upbringing. I just will always have like a sense of vulnerability that things will always go wrong. And I will always need to be the one to handle the business, handle every, I'm not saying like our personal business. I'm just saying handle your business type of stuff. Yeah. Like, I need to be the, I'm in charge, I've always been in charge of, you know what, hitting the fan. So to put myself in a position to be vulnerable, to not be able to ever do that is, it's an out of control feeling. And so this is what I want to say is what Nichelle and I have both done is we've worked really, really hard to figure out 
how to be mentally well. Me, because I'm just innately programmed to feel crazy in my head. It doesn't matter. I had this great childhood. And so then I feel even more guilty. Why do I feel so crazy? Why do I feel suicidal? Why do I feel depressed? Why do I feel anxious? I don't have any right to feel that way. And I remember becoming friends with Nichelle. And she, in my opinion, has every right to feel the feelings that I have. And she feels totally differently (laughs) about things. And what it comes down to is... Right now, I know you're thinking, yeah, 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 but my husband. Yeah, 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 but my in-laws. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're talking about you right now. And the reason we're talking about you right now is because it is your responsibility to figure out what you need. And until you know what you need, other people cannot support you. People cannot support you unless you are giving people a way to support you. Your husband cannot support you in your needs if you don't even know what it is. And so one of the first things you need to do is start experimenting with your schedule. You need to start experimenting. I tried working in the home. I tried working out of the home. I tried working at night. I tried working only on certain days of the week. So at first, I only had my mother-in-law very, very generously watching the, the kid or children one day a week. And then I decided that I needed a couple afternoons. Um, her schedule changed, where we lived changed, and so my mother-in-law wasn't as available. And so I found somebody like two afternoons, and then that went on for a year or two. And then I found somebody for three afternoons. And then I started doing two full working days. And then there was, Eric, when was that when your role really changed? Um, two years ago what is, I just remember the conversation. I remember where we were in the house when you said, was it the old house or this house? It was this house. So it's been less than three years. And you looked at me and you said, right now you've got so much going on. You go in full time and I'll be home these hours. Do you remember? Was that yeah. it? Did I make it up? It was something like that. You just had a ton of stuff. Well, up until that point, we'd been switching off. Like whoever was busier would, you know, work more. Yeah. And then you just, your business started taking off. And I, and I was like, well, why don't you just go in first thing in the morning? And like you, I remember I worked in the morning and then you'd go in the afternoon. What I'd go in the afternoon. I'd only ever go in the afternoons because I wanted to be there in the morning and I needed to be there in the morning. And then it, it came to, well, why don't you go in this morning? And I'll do the afternoon. And then it both, it, it like, it, it kind of like worked itself out and we have a nanny for six hours a day. So that's what I'll tell you. Our current schedule now is, um, we have a nanny who comes at nine 30. I take the kids to school at about eight. 20 and then I go to the office Eric's here with Fiona until 9 30 until 9 30 the nanny comes and then the nanny leaves at four okay so that's six and a half hours and I usually get homework from work about five mm-hmm. and Eric is done at four I'm done at four so I'm hanging out with kids and then yeah you get home soon after now when we first started making arrangements it was all on me I took all of the child care responsibility. I contacted all the babysitters. And again, we are going to get into how to find child care because I know that like, you're like, but how do I, listen, we're going to get there. Okay. First, we got to figure out what you need in your life and we're baby stepping our way there. And if I needed to, you know, if, if somebody canceled or a nanny quit, which PS, by the way, child care is usually young girls who are in college and they're always changing their life plan. Mm-hmm. They're always changing their life plan. Oh, 
I'm going to get married. I'm going to change schools. I'm quitting. I'm becoming an esthetician. These are all good things, by the way. They're great. They're annoying when you're like, no, just abandon your life plans and take care of my children. Well, another so, another thing to keep in mind that is nice is this this stage of life doesn't last forever. Yes. Like Fiona will be in preschool next yes. year and then she'll be in kindergarten. Yes. So we we have like two more years of help and then we're kind of done. Well, and except the, for maybe in the afternoon a little bit. That's such a good point because the thing to remember is this. If you are fa- if you're in the phase of life and this is the people who are the most stressed about this. If you're in the phase of life where the kids are home or they're not in school at all, which is like huge, it changes. It changes. It changes. And what, like, just like what, why I'm sharing my quote unquote journey is because it looks different. It looks different this year than it's going to look last year. And even Nichelle and I, we've started having probably like quarterly to every six month talks about how is the office schedule working. So the way that our office schedule works is I come in, I'm there about nine and Nichelle is a full-time salary employee. And Nichelle, you're in about nine, nine 30, um, nine 30 to three Monday through Thursday. And then she's there most of the day Friday, but that's because my job, uh, I require a lot of travel. I require a lot of late nights. She's here. It's nine o'clock. I'm more concerned about the work getting done than I am having it done at exact hours. And then we have McKenna, who's now full-time. She was hourly before, and she just had, she's pregnant, just about to have a baby, and she has just one three-year-old. Her schedule is very different from our schedules because she doesn't have any kids in school. So she wants to come later in the afternoons, and it started to be just a little bit more of a thing we have to start examining because Nichelle leaves at three and I realized I was having double meetings all the time and that's okay like it's going to continue to change so I want I want to get into how you can find child care but I wanted Nichelle to share her situation and I want to talk about it in terms of Eric and I it's yes it's unique because now this is interesting if uh, like a nanny's gone or we don't have child care it's more likely Eric that's going to give up his work hours Unless I have something very pressing. And that that has also been, I am married to an exceptional person and I don't want to take any credit away from Eric, but that's also been like a transition. Yeah, but I also have a very flexible job. Yeah. So it's circumstantial. It's not like I'm just being walked over. It's, it's I can, you know, it's, it's, I don't have like a ton of set appointments every day. I'm not having meetings all the time. I can easily reschedule things. So let's talk. That's why I wanted Nichelle to be here and Nichelle to share because her husband's job is different. So share a little bit about your schedule. I just think it's helpful to know the different ways that people can set it up and the different challenges there can be. So my day starts with taking um, my elementary age kid to school, doing carpool there at um, nine. So then I get to the office at 930 while my husband is taking our preschool age kid to um, preschool drop off on his way to work. And he works in, you know, a corporate office where they have like a normal, I mean, 8.30 to 5.30 schedule. Yeah, he does the preschool drop off. And then I go, I leave um, the office. I leave at three to go get her from full day preschool. So we used, I use essentially full day preschool and drive out of the way and, you know, pay a little bit more for that. It's essentially for me for childcare. And I mean, it serves, it's twofold. It's preschool for her and then childcare for me. But the, I really feel like 
it, it does get kind of crazy because sometimes he has, my husband has these earlier morning meetings that kind of conflict with the drop off. And so he'll have to pull her into to the office with him for like a half hour during these meetings. She just has to sit there at his desk. And it's just something that that's evolved. That didn't start that way. But I mean, he's in a situation now where I can I feel comfortable letting that happen, whereas I wouldn't before maybe at one of his past companies because I know that I also think it's reflective of the place you're in. Yeah. You're communicating your needs more too. Yeah. I communicate my needs more. I also, yeah, I'm very, I'm very old school in the sense of like, it would be the worst thing in the world to me to have to bring one of my kids to our office. And Allison is like the most understanding person ever. And I still just feel like I would never do that. And so for me to be okay, having my husband do that is like a huge, it's, it's a huge, um, I don't know, step or move in some sort of development, but I don't know. That's, we kind of have gotten, it's, it's been a long time coming, but uh, it's taken us a long time to transition to where we are. But I do feel like the, the burden of, he feels the burden of childcare as heavily as I do. And when there are sick days or just all of those days that come up so frequently of like, my car has to be in the shop or there's a kid sick when, um, you know, the nanny can't make it after all because her car's not working or whatever happens, he feels that burden to step in as much as I do. And it's it's pretty equally split at this point. If, if one of the kids is out sick for four days, he takes two days and I take two days. And I think if you're listening and you're like, but that's not the case for my relationship, that's not the case for me, the place to start is by communicating your needs. Because we like to silently suffer as martyrs, or you might not even realize you're carrying that burden. Sometimes I'll be scrambling to find a babysitter and I'll say, Eric, I need you to take care of this. I do want to point out that sometimes it is uncomfortable for a man in his 30s or 40s to be texting and soliciting these 18 to 20 year old girls. Like really, that's what it is. It's like these older men and you're like, there's nothing sinister about it at all and they're they're used to being communicated with by the mom so what I've started doing though is like we'll do a group chain so Eric's on there for certain babysitters and the other thing is I do a group chain with my nanny so people who want my kids to play at their house are texting my nanny and they're also texting Eric it's it's they're not like the play dates and the pickups and the drop-offs and the ballet classes like everybody is involved in the conversation I think by starting with, if you are feeling like you're carrying the weight of this alone, start noticing what you would like help when, start noticing places where you could ask for help and communicate with your partner about that, right? And if you're not married, if you're single, oh my gosh, like we salute you so much. You need a team, whether that that's family or communicating, even with um your child care people who are on your team, communicating with them like, I need to know this much in advance. I need to know this. So I'm going to throw Ashley's Fresh Fix under the bus a little bit because I'm always like, you're letting your nanny hold you hostage, right? And But a lot of us do that where we let the people that we are like, I'll die if I don't have them. I'll die if I don't have them help. We let them hold us hostage when that's on you. If you have somebody who like, you feel like if I move this way to the left, they're not going 
going to be there because you feel so desperate, that can last for like a little bit of time, but you have to start rectifying that problem. You've got to fire quickly. And I love this. You found a great YouTube clip from Senator Elizabeth Warren. And she says, I was just on a treadmill. We cycled through one childcare arrangement after another and every transition sent me into more panic. And I get that that is what you can feel like is just outright panic. We can and should do an entire episode on the guilt. That's its own episode. Right now, what we're talking about is opening up the conversation to empower you to explore what you need, to give you permission to not carry this all on your own, and to give you permission to say, I like being out of the house two days a week. Whether that's two days a week writing and reading and not quote unquote making money, or that's two days a week working on something or working on a passion project. Let's get into the brass tacks. One thing that really holds people back from this is the unevenly dispersed weight of responsibility due to the risk of perception of commitment on the part of the dad. And that's what Nichelle was talking about is like, I want to talk to the employers out there. And I have felt this as the employer of females, I can be like taking the brunt of McKenna's childcare situation or taking the brunt of Nichelle's childcare situation. And that's something that I think is good to be sensitive to, but also like it shouldn't just be on the employers of females. And this goes back to the, this is not a female problem. This is a community societal problem or it's not a problem. It's a responsibility or a weight. And I think the only way to get there is for the employer of the other parent or the father in this case to feel that weight as well and to accommodate and to be you know flexible and not and we're not saying like everybody should just live these like uber millennial lifestyles of like I'll work from home or do whatever I'm just saying like in those scenarios only right now because he's in my husband is in at a company that has been so vocal about family first that that type of thing for the male, not just the female, the benefits they give the the dad in maternity leave. Only now do I feel confident that when he is staying home or if he has to come home late or if he has to bring my daughter to the office, I don't feel a sense of his employer feeling risk or like a concern for his commitment to the company. And I think that's the biggest problem is like they set from the part of the dad, there's like, oh, well, they're not committed if they're if they're later because of a sick kid or if they have to, you know, leave early for whatever. It's just this. It's just it's so frustrating because it's I mean, it feels unfair. It is unfair, but it's unevenly dispersed. That's why we're having the conversation. Yeah. If you're like, I'm a lawyer or I'm a doctor, I'm in this field, I'm in this position where I can't look weak. Guess what? I'm in self-care. I'm not supposed to look crazy. Like we all have the certain perception we need to uphold in our field. But if we don't, and this is like, let's get Brene Brown in here. But if we don't open up and have these vulnerable conversations, people continue to hide in solitude and in shame. So now let's talk about how to find childcare. Eric's like, finally, how to find childcare. The first thing I want to point out is that childcare is a resource. And I like to group resources into one of three categories. It's either money, time, or a person. You, you, you're short on anything. When you, feel, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel a lack of 
having something, ask yourself, is it a money thing? Is it a time thing? Is it a person thing? You're like, I don't have enough money. I can't have childcare or I don't have enough time to find someone. I don't have time in the day or I don't have the time to take for myself. That's a time resource or it's the, I don't have the right person. So identify, you're like, it's all of it. Okay, cool. It's all of it. Identify which one is holding you back the most. And then I want you to start working on this abundance mindset. And I've done this with time. I don't have necessarily a person or a money like lack, but I have a time scarcity for sure. Where we have a podcast episode called how to get more time, focus on that. But for me, I started practicing saying, I have all the time I need. I have all the time in the world. I have all the time I need to to accomplish exactly what I need. And really just start putting yourself in an abundance mindset. And you're like, I don't believe it when I say it. Just try to believe it. Try to believe. How would it serve you to believe that? So the first thing we want to do is we want to identify which area, which resource is lacking. Is it the time? Is it the money? Is it the personnel? And then you want to start working on an abundance mindset in that area. Now, if you have a money lack, I want you to start getting really resourceful. And I want you to think about what you do have an abundance in. Do you have an abundance in a skill for trade like personnel? Do you have abundance in neighbors? Are you part of a church organization where you could trade for childcare? My sister-in-law Chelsea is the best example of this. She was like, I don't want to spend money on childcare, but she has got two kids who are in preschool. They're not in school yet. And so she she posted in a neighborhood group to, to do a childcare swap. And she's like, now my kids have new friends and I'm getting to work two days a week and I'm freaking loving it. So if you're really in a place where you do not have enough money for childcare, um, I want you to think of it that way. But I also want to talk to you about this idea of the woman's paycheck having to cover all of the childcare. So when McKenna came to work for me at first, I said, I'm going to pay you like X dollars an hour. And in her mind, I could see her being like, that's like, that's just going to barely cover childcare. And I said to her, if you don't work for this right now, you're never going to be in a place to pay for childcare. And you can't just think of it being your income. It needs to be your partner's income. And I love this. Nichelle was like, if you don't consider the ratio with the other parent's job, and you're also not taking into account the experience equity you're building for the potential paycheck, the 401k or the benefits. And when doing the math, are the childcare expenses just coming from you and the bills just out of the husband? That's a faulty math equation. Right. That's like saying that I shouldn't be allowed to spend Eric's money on this. And right. Like it has to come out of this. So also take that into account is like, yeah, maybe you guys aren't going to eat out as much because you're hiring child care. Maybe, maybe nobody's going to get new clothes. Maybe you're going to have a smaller Christmas. You not having a mental breakdown is worth it. It really is. Yeah. Whether you are working or not working. Yes, this is whether you're working or not working. Your your total income brought to the household does not have to be equal more than the cost of childcare. It just doesn't need to have anything to do with that. So if you do have a money resource issue, trade, and here's the other thing is lots of times it is deciding that 
I'm going to try to afford this before I really believe I can afford it, which is the same with hiring employees. It's the same with investing in your business. Anytime you invest in yourself, there's a leap of faith required. You're choosing to believe that this investment is going to yield. And let me tell you, I have invested in things that do not yield. I know what that feels like, but I have also invested in so many things that have yielded and it is always worth the risk. It is always worth the risk. Okay, so the second lack or the the second kind of scarcity can be with time. And I want to share, I'm going to link to this Brooke Castillo, the the Life Coach School podcast episode. Oh my gosh. And this is exactly what all of us do with time. Again, we'll link to our How to Get More Time podcast because that's a really popular one that I feel like is really good for this too. And Brooke Castillo was talking about scheduling and she was saying so many people are on this bike and they're pedaling and they're pedaling and they're pedaling and they're pedaling on this bike and they don't want to take the time to get off the bike and find their keys and get in the car. But if they would just take the time to get off the bike and find the right person or find the money or organize the schedule or have the conversation with your partner, it's the difference between riding a bike 10 miles or driving 10 miles. So much faster. So, so much faster. (laughs) You have more efficient. I feel like time isn't as big an issue for people as finding the right person or having the money. You just think of it as a drain. No matter what it is, it's time whatever. It's a drain. And this is how it was with um, one of my, for one of many babysitters that we have, nannies. It, It just, it was a constant me being drained and complaining to everyone and on and on and on and being sucked until I finally just took the time and effort to get a new nanny and life was exponentially better. (laughs) All of the time you're spending complaining about childcare. Here's what I want to say. It's not complicated. It's very simple. There are a lot of people out there who can love your children. And you're like, my child has special needs. There's somebody out there who's going to love your child with special needs. I live, this is Ashley. I live too far away. There's nobody out there. There's some desperate person who needs money in between driving Uber or Lyft who will watch your children. They can drive Uber on the way to watch your children in the boondocks, right? It's taking, it's really, it's allowing yourself to take the time stop complaining about it and take the time to solve the problem and the third one the biggest one with so many people is but how do I find the right person this is not sponsored it should be sponsored and I hope they reach out to me after this I really do but I use care.com now here's the trick about care.com is you can start looking for people don't do it that way sign up for the one month and then cancel whatever you need to do pay I don't know it's like 15 30 40 I'm not sure what it It's $30 and it's the best $30 you will ever spend. We should seriously, somebody get me an affiliate link on this because I hoped it like, but this is the thing. And like, maybe there's another service in your area. Maybe care.com isn't big where you are, but you post the ad. Don't go through and try to cherry pick finding people. You post what you need. You post what you're willing to pay. And then this Andrea who runs Tubby Todd, my sister gave me the best advice ever. You schedule the interviews back to back. You do not need more than five to 10 minutes. No, we knew pretty quick. So what I would do is I would schedule, and this is the philosophy with babysitters. You need a deep bench. Eric and I call it our deep bench. Here is my other philosophy with babysitters. Do not share your babysitters. People will steal your babysitters from you. And I sound greedy and mean and bad, but like 
I told a friend, I was like, you can borrow this babysitter. I'm giving this as a gift to you. If you share her with anyone, I will stop being your friend because I've, I have been screwed so badly on babysitter sharing. And? And she gave some other working mom the number and now she's working for them all the hours that I ever want her. And so we can't use her. So we can't it's use like her. Your babysitters are investments. You can't. Yeah, don't share them. <laughs> and that, that happens so often is women, we all share the babysitters. Work for them these days. No, let your babysitters find their own freaking other work because that was the thing. I had another babysitter who was like, I need more days. I need more days. And I didn't want her on more days. I had somebody else. And so I gave her to a friend. Guess who she works for? Full, I think she actually just left the friend though. And I we ended up finding a babysitter who was our forever babysitter. We, we have our dream babysitter. We have our dream one right now. You can't have her. You can't talk to her. I won't tell her. You notice I never say her name. Yeah. Because she is secret. She is sacred and she is secret. And you don't get to touch her. When you find, and you will, a sacred secret like the unnamed. Yes. <laughs> pay them what they're worth. Yes. I people might freak out about this because then you're like, but you're putting me in a spot where then I can't afford. And so you're paying, you know, these babysitters more. And so now I'm outpriced, whatever. I, I'm not saying like whatever to you. I'm just saying I feel per, like a personal responsibility to pay for not only the peace of mind that comes with having that sacred secret. Let's just trademark that right now. Yeah, sacred secret. Sacred. Secret. <laughs> when you find that sacred secret. But also to like the the value. There is no, there's no value to having another person in your children's life that loves them as yes. you love them. That's yes. priceless. Priceless. And Andrea said this to me one time. I was like, but you know, this girl, she doesn't do this and she doesn't. I've probably, we've probably, what do you think, had 15 nannies in the yeah. last 15. One time, I want to tell you how else I found one. We had a server. But why don't you fi finish that thought? Oh, sorry, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to finish the thought of don't get in this idea of you need to share and you need to manage your nanny schedule. But also, with care.com, you schedule. What we would do is we would schedule to cut 10 minutes apart. And then I'd have them come into our home. Eric and I would be there. The kids would be there. And I would just watch how they talk to my kids. And for me, I pray about it. I get intuitive about it. You can check their references. You can do whatever. But I, if I liked the way they talked to my kids. Yeah, but you were also on another thought. Andrea told you if, if the nanny wasn't doing something that you did, wanted them to do. So the next thought was I, I had this person and she wasn't um, cleaning. And the, the house was a wreck when we would come home. And, but she really loved my kids. And Andrea looked at me and she's like, Allison, your children are not that hard to love. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm acting like she's doing me some huge favor by loving my children because you guys, guess what? My idea of hell is nannying other people's children. So that's why I was like, why would anybody want to do this? This is horrible. So the other thing is if you Wait, have- so what did you do? Uh, well, she ended up quitting. Okay, but what was your point? Like, the point is, it's not that hard to find people to love your children. You don't have to act like people are doing you this huge favor. It's a job. Right, and it's okay to ask them to do things. And it's okay to ask them to do things. So here's the other thing. What I make very clear with the nannies is, or babysitters, whatever you want to call them, is when I am working, how I work, if I come home and then I have to spend my precious amount of time cleaning up the mess that was created while I was not there, I am not happy. 
because I only have X amount of hours in the day to be with my children and I am not going to spend them being stressed. And I had a babysitter one time who used to be good at picking up and helping with dishes and then she got bad at it. And I was like, oh, she doesn't think I'm paying her enough. She doesn't think, oh, she, she, this is, I made up all the stories. And finally, this is how to communicate. This is what I have learned because at the end of the day, a babysitter is an employee and you might not have any experience managing employees. So that's why this can be hard. And this is what I said. Hi, I thought that I had communicated X and you used to be doing that really well. Or I thought that I had communicated that. Was there something I wasn't unclear on? Is, is there something that's keeping you from doing it? Help, like, what more do I not, am I not understanding? Like, how can I, do you have any pointers? Is that good, Eric? Like, that's pretty much yeah. what I said. And this babysitter came back to me and she said, I'm so sorry, I've been stressed with finals. That's it. And I thought, like, she's resentful. Like, I'm leaving too many dishes because I've been really busy. So she's trying to tell me that I'm a slob and she can't keep up with my dishes. Like, I had made up this whole thing. You made up an entire dialogue that yes. has never existed. Yeah, I made up this whole thing. She's mad. She's being passive-aggressive. This whole thing. And she just goes, oh, dang, I'm so sorry. I've been studying in the free minutes that I have. And that's it. That's all she said. And so here's the other thing. Like, if they're on their phone and, and my sister... Andrea, she loves to give them tasks and worksheets and check boxes. And I, I'm pretty, I'm more loose. She does. She's like, here's the assignment. She does. She's like, here's the assignment. Here's the words they need to learn. And if that makes you feel good, do it. And if the person you've hired hates that, then hire somebody else. And for me, I know the person who's with them, it loves them. She's not on her phone. The other thing is clearly communicating your expectations to them sharing or not sharing your children on social media. Millennials. I've never even thought about that. 18 year old, a 17 year old, even a 25 year old may not have that idea that them sharing pictures of your children on social media is not okay. And you decide how you feel about that, but just very clearly communicate that too. So those are some things you communicate your expectations for cleaning. You communicate your expectations for dishes. This is it. You communicate your expectations. Yes. Explicitly and over and over again. And I just think be clear from the start. It's like so, yeah. so clear. I need you to do this no matter what. And I don't I see and I don't care about this is so funny, but I don't care about the cleaning at all. So I don't ask them to clean. I will want like if you're on your phone, you're you're done. That's my thing. If yeah. you're on your phone, you're done. You're like, I don't know but how to know when they're not there. And if your kids can't talk, it can be hard. But I feel like you can tell. You're, you're, you're their parent. You yeah. can tell. And sometimes I just, you know, I'll, I'm around. I'm just around for an extra hour. and I Or I leave and then I come back. You thought I was gone. What are you doing now? And I'm not like testing anyone. I just, and I don't know if people like this, but I'm very open about it. And I say, sorry, there's a nest cam there and a nest cam there. And I don't mm. let's, like sit there and watch. I It's not like I have time to, you know, peek in or anything, but just having that there isn't is also a nice peace of mind but i would just want to say i love i also have a sacred secret i love her if she's listening out there i love you i love you too because you make my life awesome <laughs> and so here is the thing that i hope is the biggest takeaway is 
clear definitions equal success. Clear definitions equal freedom. You need to have space. Um, There's that beautiful book, A Room of One's Own. The idea is we all need a room of our own. We all need space. If you're a full-time stay-at-home mom, you need space. You need space and not just when you're allowed to have it, which is during nap time or when the kids are sleeping at night. Being out in the, in society, in the middle of the day, you feel like a retiree, and you need that to thrive and survive. And if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling invisible, if you are feeling guilt or shame, let me just say to you, you're doing an awesome job. Your children are lucky to have you. If you are the type of person who listens to a podcast about how to feel more awesome than you did before, you're doing a lot better. And I'm not, I say this a lot and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because I have not had to make these choices, but I'm like, but I'm not a meth head. I I say that a lot. Like where I'm like, I'm so horrible. It's like, you're not hurting your children. There's a lot of children who are abused and neglected and we're literally, and not like, oh, cut yourself some slack, but cut yourself some slack. (laughs) Like, hopefully you're not verbally abusing your children. You're not physically abusing your children. You're trying to respect them. You're trying to be the best person you can be. You're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. We are going to provide links, resources, detox, and hopefully you can listen to this with your partner. Hopefully it opens up conversations. We hope you guys share this. Remember the deep bench. You got to get that deep Deep bench. And communicate to everybody. Communicate your needs to your partner, to whoever you're seeking out to help out with childcare. Just like tell people, tell your boss, tell your spouse, tell just constantly. I am saying this because I'm talking to myself. Allison knows I don't talk. (laughs) I don't communicate. My husband knows this. I'm saying this because it is a lesson I need to learn. Communicate and constantly tell others what you need. Like the other day, Nichelle's like, it just would be so great. Like, you know, I just kind of hoped I could volunteer in the class. And I was like, okay, your boss is like, I've heard rumors about her, but like, she's a pretty understanding person who if like, what, once a month you wanted to volunteer in your son's class, I'm pretty sure she'd be okay with it because she's usually too busy having a breakdown to notice anything. Like, and again, she's never communicated that. And I was like, go to his class. I don't even care, right? Which you might not be in that position, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to take the time and the space so that you don't break down and scream your needs from a place of being feeling like a victim, from a place of feeling overworked and overwhelmed, because that's so often what so many of us do, is we go, uh, push it down, push it down, bottle it, bottle it. Now I'm going to scream at you and set my boundaries. <laughs> that is not the effective way to do it. You're not doing anyone any favors with your passive-aggressive boundary setting, okay? You're not doing anyone any favors. Um, this episode was brought to you by Allison's Brand School. I want to say that because I am all about this. We are all about this, helping you 
build not just what you feel called to build, but living a fulfilled life while you do that. We've got our Build an Awesome Brand workshop coming up. It is phenomenal. It is filling up. It is in June. Head to allisonsbrandschool.com. And remember, whatever whatever is holding you back in your life is going to hold you back in your business. Um, and so that's what we focus on at the Brand School, not just focusing on business principles, but the limiting beliefs that are holding back in you life in your life and whatever is holding you back personally is affecting those around you and I don't say that to guilt you I don't say that to shame you I say that to give you permission to look at what you need and to look at how you're feeling and to look at if you're stretched thin reaching out and asking for help we love you so so much be sure to go to the allisonshow.com for all of the resources on this thank you so much for being here um Eric do you have a review for us okay this is from Kissifer. They say, I found this podcast after listening to an interview Jody Moore did with Allison, and I Ooh. knew I needed more of Allison in my life. I've been binge listening ever since. I love Allison's enthusiasm, her willingness to show emotion, and her ability to show up and be genuine. Allison and Eric complement each other so well and both share some really awesome insights. Listen with pen and paper close by. You'll want to take notes. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that so much. Um, we love to reward you guys for leaving us podcast reviews. So shoot us an email. That was Kissifer. Yeah. To awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. We are going to send you fun swag from my Party with Allison shop. And we just especially with this episode, because I believe it's a conversation that more of us need to have. We appreciate it so much when you share. Text message the link to a friend. Um, share it on your stories and tag the Allison Show so I can see it. And leaving those reviews really helps boost us so more people can find the podcast and we can all work towards feeling a little more awesome than we did before. Um, again, thank you. It is an honor to share this with you. I hope that it was helpful. I'm going to go ahead and apologize right now for any when I offended and Nichelle's apologizing let's give a big thank you to Nichelle and to her husband Nate and to McKenna and her husband Rowdy um, them supporting their beautiful wives helps us create the work we're creating and we all feel really good about that I want to thank my sexy progressive husband Mr. Eric Robertson and I want to remind you only you can be you and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Pleasant Pictures Music Club, what are you taking us out on? This is from the new World Traveler collection. It's called Early Morning in L.A. Mm -hmm.